What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Thank you for listening to this episode of 17 County. Please take the time to like, subscribe, and listen to our podcast. Listeners like you are what makes this podcast happen, so we appreciate the continued support. We would also like to take the time to thank our members, AgriProducts, Cornerstone Bank, Central Valley Ag, Henderson State Bank, York News Times, Black Hills Energy, Collins Aerospace, Southeast Community College, and York Medical Clinic. Without these great members, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at the YCDC and focus on the growth and development of York County. So thank you. Jesse Thiemann, an avid quote connoisseur and lifelong learner, is the production manager at Cyclin Air here in York. Originally from Petersburg, Nebraska, he's used to the small town uh, lifestyle and living. Jesse, his wife Sherry, and their two kids Brody and Morgan live in McCool Junction along with their two lizards, Sunny and Ollie. Um, the Thiemann family loves to camp, travel, and stay involved in the community, so thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so just to get started, kind of get used to the podcast feel, tell me one interesting fact about yourself that people may not know even if they know you. Oh, I've had two heart surgeries. Oh, wow. Before I was 21 years old. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I did not know that. No. <laughs> wow. A lot of people don't. Yeah. They, they're minor, sort of minor. Heart surgery is never minor, but right. uh, I had a arrhythmia, irregular heartbeat, and went to, uh, didn't find that out. I had it my whole life, but didn't find it out until I was in college. Um, and then as I got into work and had actually had insurance, I'd go to doctors, and it took a while for them to find it, but. Uh, they tr- they attempted once, couldn't do it, and then I had to go to a specialist down in Oklahoma City and spend a week down there before they could get it fixed. Wow. So, yeah, fun times. Yeah, intense. All, be- all before I was 21 years old. <laughs> yeah, something that not many young adults have to deal with. Yeah, so um, I had to, yeah, I learned early on how to deal with insurance companies and stuff, so, <laughs> and doctors and yeah. that whole thing. So. Important, but not fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're originally from the... Petersburg area. Where is that? Uh, so from York, it's about an hour and a half north. Uh, most everybody in York knows like Columbus, North Fork. Mm-hmm. Albion's like straight in the middle between those two, but off to the west, we're like uh, 10 minutes north of Albion, Nebraska. Okay, and it's pretty small? 400 people when I left there. I think they're down to like 340 or something like that now. Oh, wow. 360. So, so very small. Yep. But it's it's the little town that doesn't die, uh, and every everybody up in that area that knows it says that like it just doesn't die. Um, the school is now officially gone. They're part of Boone Central now. Okay. So I graduated Petersburg High School, um, and then it closed. It merged with Albion to become Boone Central four years after I graduated. Uh, and then last year they actually tore the building down. Oh wow. Yep. Middle school was held there up until last year, and then they tore it down. So, but again, the community came together and they purchased everything but the old building that they tore down, 
so the gymnasium and new offices and stuff are now a community building that they've turned into a workout center and pickleball courts and basketball courts and gets used on a regular basis so it's kind of nice for a small town like that to have all that that stuff not common but um what was it like growing up there quiet (laughs) small town yeah disconnected um before the you know no internet back then in the early 90s and late 80s so Mm. you know even learning popular music was a trick (laughs) yeah yeah no kidding you know Cable TV was hardly around the area. All you had was, you know, rabbit ears or big antenna and get local stations. So, um, yeah, getting your news and stuff, you had to find that friend or family member that had a satellite TV to go get MTV or something to figure things out. Uh, so real quiet, um, but it kept us, you you know, before you were 16, you were on a bike, you know. It was kids out in the street playing basketball, playing football, whatever, riding bikes all over town. So, uh, again, small town. That's And that's yeah. why I, we chose McCool. Our kids can run around town and not be worried, and you know, we don't have to worry about them. So. Yeah, the safety is huge and yeah. something that can get overlooked when thinking about small town living for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Well, there's still opportunities, too, yeah. especially in the York area where you've got Lincoln, Grand Island, Columbus, all within an hour drive away, um, whatever you need. And York has a lot to offer, too. But, you know, if you want to go to a concert or something, you're not going to York. But <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Yeah. No, and I've talked to a lot of people when I've done podcasts that have said the same thing. Like, you can go to all these different places, but York has a Walmart, and it has clothing, and it has, I mean, it has a lot of different opportunities yeah. in that aspect, yeah. too. Um, what did your parents do for work? So I wasn't able to get away from my father much at all because he was the head maintenance and custodian at the school for 45 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, he knew everything I did wrong before I did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom was uh, uh, RN, so she was a nurse at various different places, uh, Albion Medical, Tilden. Uh, she spent most of her time in Neely, uh, and she spent her last... 15, 20 years as a physical therapist nurse in Neely. So. Okay. I guess I have two questions that kind of tie into each other. Your parents did very different things than you did. So where did this interest kind of spark from? Uh, so my, my dad, I kind of did the same, similar path. My dad didn't go to school to go to college, um, but he was a maintenance guy. So he was fixing, repairing things. Uh, and I kind of got that. Besides him being a, a, a maintenance man, he also, him and his brother ran cattle, which, so I was an indentured servant. Me <laughs> <laughs> and my brothers and my cousins and stuff were every every evening after school or after uh, sports stuff or whatever we were doing, it was go out and take care of cattle. Um, and then every weekend it was go do repairs, do work cattle, things of that nature. So... I got used to fixing things when things broke, whether we broke it ourselves, we'd fix it before (laughs) dad would figure out or uncle would figure it out. And, or if just natural things break down, we'd fix things. So working on cars, working on tractors, you know, running, running fence, fixing, doing construction, repairing, uh, steps on the barn or repairing the barn itself, whatever it was. But then I really didn't know what I wanted to go to school for, uh, but, I had that itch to build things and, and fix things. 
uh, and I also loved electronics. So ended up touring different schools and stuff. The four year, you know, I was accepted into UNK and UNL and I'm like, I just don't want to do four more years of school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I kind of fell in love with SCC's program and their electronics and all the things that they were doing. So I just kind of dove in and kind of went with it. Yeah, so, so. what was your degree in specifically? Uh, electronic engineering technology. So okay. A lot the, through that at that time that program and it's kind of been dismantled. I don't know what they call it now. Um, something to do with electrical engineer or something, but it it was a lot. It, prior to me being in being in that program, it was uh, TV VCR repair. Okay. So there there was some of that circuit board repair. So that we fixed TVs and home stereos and car stereos and stuff for part of like one quarter and yeah I actually repaired a lot of friends car stereos and stuff and parents TVs and cousins VCRs and things Um, for those that are younger that don't know VCR is what we used to watch movies on (laughs) okay yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, but then got into computer programming base code programming of computers, developed our own circuits to build computers, and then get into industrial controls and uh, telecommunications transmissions and things of that nature. So it, it got into a broad range of things mm-hmm. that program did. And when I started the program, there were 36 of us in the class. Well, actually, there were like 128 across three different programs, electrical, electromechanical, and electronics. 36 of us were going through the electronics path. I graduated with 13 of us in that class. Wow. That many dropped out just from how hard it was. Wow. Um, but, so it was a challenge to go through that because I was a pretty wild kid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My grades were not the best. It was burdened at both ends, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, worked worked my whole time through, and still had a very avid social life. So, uh, and Milford is a eight to five school, right? You're you're at school from eight till three thirty or whatever. You're eight hours a day, so you didn't have a whole lot of breaks or anything. So, but yeah, when when we those thirteen of us graduated, all thirteen of us had jobs. With, wow. With you know, hell, six months before we graduated, really. But, had my choice of two or three different places within the state. A lot of guys went out of state. I really didn't, again, didn't know what I wanted to do young, didn't even know I was gonna go into this program. So I figured I'd go back home and ended up in Norfolk, Nebraska, working as a maintenance. Worked third shift for two years there. Um, Started dating Sherry, my wife, now, then, and she was going to school at UNL, so found a job in Lincoln. Moved to Lincoln, was there for five years, working third shift. Uh, We got married during that time and decided to go venture off into the world, and I left, and we went to Iowa for a year. So Uh, while we were in Iowa, she took a job as a third shift. This is where our roles reversed. She worked, you know, she was at days going to school, and she worked at Nelnet for a while. Um, And then I switched from nights to days working at a company. Uh, doing uh, installs of control systems that I did the world's largest biodiesel plant, 
uh, various different ethanol plants, flour mill, a lot of different things, a lot of different controls things in that year I was there. Um, but she went third shift as a shift supervisor for Palo Windows. So we, our roles kind of flipped. Um, and then some random phone call came in one day. A old coworker was looking for a programmer back in Nebraska with a startup company that was looking for somebody and they thought of me and I'm like, yeah, I'll go check it out. It intrigued me and we got a little bit homesick, wanted to be back in Nebraska. So we came back and spent three years in Beatrice doing that till 2008 hit. That's when the uh, housing market crashed and this was in the hardwood flooring industry. So didn't last very long. Yeah, right. <laughs> three years. And, right. um, that's also when we found we we had our daughter Morgan, and then about six, eight, nine months later is when we found out Sherry had cancer. So we also found out that uh, her job was leaving. She was working at uh, Viscript at the time, and it was moving to China. Yeah, and then I found out my our my business was closing because of the industry. So it was a it was a rough time. Two thousand eight yeah. sucked. <laughs> yeah, and with a baby too, yep. all on top of it. Um, so then, yeah, I just started looking for new jobs, and she obviously wasn't going to be working, going to, going through treatment and everything, and just losing her job. Um, so, just used my networking, and somehow this company called Cyclone Air got a hold of my resume from one of my contacts, and got a phone call from a guy, and talked to him, and then I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come in for an interview. I've got a couple other job offers right now, BD in Columbus and another place in Lincoln. Um, oh, and another place in Friend, Tuttle Manufacturing. But mm-hmm. Met with them, met Scott Schmid, and I'm like, okay, this place is kind of cool. Yeah. Don't know what, what you guys are really doing, but I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Like, I need something. It seemed boring. I've been doing very advanced programming and control system development. I'm like, I need something boring while my wife's going through treatment. I was so wrong. <laughs> there has not been a day. I've been at Cyclone Air for 15 years now. There's not been a day that that's been boring there. The the stuff that they do, the the clients that they have. There's a challenge every day, and it's fun and it's exciting. So, uh, again, just I've kind of stumbled through life, just kind of going with the flow, and it's worked out great. It led me to Cyclone Air, and extremely happy with. Uh, with that company and how things are going. Yeah, absolutely. What a journey. Did that answer your question? Yeah, like absolutely. I... <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's a long journey, but all yeah. worked out. Since 1882, York residents have looked to Cornerstone Bank for all of their banking needs. Visit any of our 46 locations throughout Nebraska to discover the Cornerstone difference. Cornerstone Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. So what is your position now and what do you do exactly? Uh, My title is operations manager. Uh, So I'm responsible for every project that comes in the door from an engineering and production standpoint. So Cyclone Air offers a full total solution is what we call it. So we design our equipment and our process specifically for each client 
So that goes through a sales cycle of finding out what their problems are. Application engineers looking at what equipment's going to solve that problem and, and how it's going to be used to solve their problem. And then it gets handed off to a project management team that essentially helps move that project through the company. And it's they're moving it through my, my world of engineering and production. And I have two terrific employees, one that runs the engineering department and one that runs the production department. Um, they, so we've got mechanical design and engineering, uh, automation and controls, and then in production you've got shipping, receiving, welding, cut, form, assembly, paint, testing, so all these different pieces uh, working together to create this equipment that then ships out the door and from there our uh, service team uh, goes and installs and makes sure that everything works out and our automation team may get involved to help make sure that it integrates in with the customer stuff so okay wow kind of a big job there's a lot going on a lot of different moving pieces it sounds like um i guess maybe we should take it a step back what does cycliner do what what are you guys uh pneumatic conveying is is the key of what we do uh, so we work with a various different customers, client base, that they have dry bulk materials uh, that are used in their processes, and we convey those materials. So think of uh, a Snickers candy bar. has all kinds of sugar in it. That sugar comes in, into their plant from a rail car. That rail car needs to get unloaded somehow. Uh, so we suck that sugar out of the rail car and we blow it down a pipe into their processing plant um other so it's not sure we don't do a whole lot of foods i use that because people understand sugar and it's a dry bulk yeah. material um the drywall that's in your house it starts out as powdered materials um we we move that stuff we move the cement that goes into the concrete and the fly ash that goes into the concrete, the carbon black that goes into your tires and the silica that goes into your tires, the lead oxide that goes into your car batteries and it, all kinds of different industries. We move uh, diamond ore that goes into uh, industrial diamond manufacturing, you know, into abrasives and things of that nature. So huge amount there's everything that you touch every day has some sort of dry bulk material in it you don't even realize it i didn't know it until i started working at cyclone air so yeah <laughs> interesting well and it makes you wonder how many things we use today have been touched by cyclone air at some point i mean there's probably a good amount that we just don't realize yeah you look at everything around this office the paint on the walls mm -hmm. we work for paint companies that move move material for them it's the dyes and stuff in the carpet and yeah, the drywall on the walls. So. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Shifting gears a little bit, let's talk about family. Uh, so your kids are pretty heavily involved and your wife is a teacher at McCool Junction, which means that she's going to be pretty heavily involved mm -hmm. too. Um, from your experience as a parent, as well as being married to faculty, um, what would you say is special about the school system? Uh, McCool Junction is like one of the most inclusive schools that I've ever seen. I mean, and I came from a small school, um, but 
McCool's unique from the standpoint of they're everybody's the same. There, it's not from the faculty and the student base. Everybody knows one another. They treat each other like family. It's it's really cool to see. So, I I mean, I'm sure there's other schools out there like it, but it, it's there's just something unique about it in McCool. The, the kids come back and they just grab Mrs. Thieman and give her a big hug, and it's it's just kind of cool to see. Yeah, and I, from the outside looking in, I've never really been involved in McCool's anything until my husband started teaching there. Um, and the community rallies around the school more than I've ever seen. I mean, the community just really, they love that school. They love the students, and yeah. they're there. Yeah, it's, I mean, every, yeah, when you have a town celebration, it's a staying roundup. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's all around the school and, and everything that goes on, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you personally are pretty involved within McCool too. Um, how did you get to that point? What all are you involved in right now? Uh, president of the Booster Club, coaching Pee Wee football, Pee Wee basketball. I'm sure there's something else in there I don't remember, <laughs> but uh, community club. Um, how did I get involved? I can't say no to people. <laughs> <laughs> Voluntold. <laughs> no, and I. I look at it as I, I want to be I want to be able to help. I mean, yeah, when people come and ask, I'm like, yeah, I, I whatever I can do to help. I again come from that small town where it takes a village to make it a, a happy place to be, to make it a good place for my kids and all the kids in the area and, and the families to enjoy living there. And if we don't have volunteers that are helping out to do that, then it's not going to happen. So. Yeah, when people ask, I usually say yes. There's, there's been a time or there where I'm just like, I can't commit, but I right. try to do my best to, to help out whenever possible. Yeah, absolutely. I guess we're going to move on from the interview session, kind of. The rest is kind of it. Thank you God. know, email or interview. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so this one's for you. It's meant to highlight you. Anything exciting you have going on? Um, work, home, hobbies, something you want to brag on? Not really. I'm not much of a bragger. <laughs> Again, yeah, right now is basketball season. Coaching my son's fifth and sixth grade with uh, Mr. McDonald, who's been running that program a long time. And again, I you know, kind of just jumped in to help out there too, just because I know he was busy with high school basketball and everything else of being the superintendent of the school he's a busy guy um, it's been a fun experience I knew all those kids from uh, football season so it was it was fun to get to jump into basketball sport I love so yeah I'm sure it's a fun but challenging uh, thing yeah, to it, coach your own child <laughs> yep it has its moments <laughs> yeah I'm sure I can only imagine um, so new segment we call this hot potato. So I'm going to throw a question at you. If you want to think about it, I won't yell at you. But it's meant to be quick. Take it and throw it back. 42. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if that would fit in. But, you know, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, who would you say is your biggest role model? I know. Probably my grandfather. Okay. Both of my grandfathers, actually. Uh, I look back to, you know, they lived through the Depression. Um, one of my grand my, my grandpa Parks, my mom's dad, lost his arm in a tractor accident but still ran an entire farm. Um, 
My grandpa Theman lost his dad when he was like 10, 12 years old wow. and had to t take over the business, the thrashing business at you know the age of 12 years old. I mean, it just wow. the challenges that they overcame and to have, you know, end up having huge, you know, eight and nine kids and run these farms and be profitable and succeed through such challenging times is really blew my mind yeah granted I wasn't thinking about that when I was 13 years old but <laughs> right now that I look back at on life I'm like yeah they really did and I, I look at you know the work ethic and things that I have you know people will ask me sometimes you know where did you get your work ethic from mm -hmm. why are you always working I'm like oh I guess I learned it from my grandparents yeah learned it from the best absolutely yeah people from back then are just they're there's something else I mean yep. yeah um, best part of your job? Interacting with different people every day. It can also be the worst part of my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's so much fun to be able to work with people and solve problems together. To, you know, come together with a an issue and overcome that issue together with a win-win resolution. That's what would be the best part of my job. Yeah. Rewarding, absolutely. Um, might be calling on your recall skills, but favorite quote? I'm a great believer in luck, and I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. I believe that was, it wasn't Thomas Jefferson. It was Ben Franklin. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mindset is everything. <laughs> um, best place you've ever traveled to? Best place? Probably Vancouver. Okay. I loved the climate. I loved the the public. Just it was a safe place, but it was still busy. And I, I don't like big cities, but it was still it was cool. You had the ocean right there and everything. But I I went there for work. Okay. Uh, yeah. Best place that I've been with like my family with the sherry anyway was Oregon again west mm -hmm. coast ocean that the whole Washington Oregon area it was it was really cool to be in that area I've never been but I've heard it's beautiful yeah mm. um so let's say you're trying to recruit a staff and they were trying to decide if they wanted to live in York County or one of our neighboring counties why would you want them to move to York what would you say to persuade them or McCool, even. Right, yeah. Um, one, if they're family, it, to me it's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. you're, you're a s smaller community. It's a safer community. There's more personalization. Um, you're going to have that family feel to where, again, it takes a village to raise, you know. That'd be my big selling point. Um, it, is, it is more difficult, I find, you know, when we've got single people trying to get them to move to York County. They want to be closer to Lincoln and Omaha, but mm. um, we, we we do have some that have, I mean, we've relocated a, a kid from uh, Montana again. He lives here in York. Um, wow. He's been here for two and a half, almost three years maybe, I think. And Interesting, yeah. big move. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so we're pretty much wrapping up. So do you have any words of wisdom, anything to tell people looking at York, looking at Cyclone Air? That's the toughest question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, 
just it, yeah I'll go back to uh, to my whole comment before I've never been bored working at Cyclone Air I've never had a and in York in the city of York in York County I've never had a day where I felt like why am I here you know what there's always something going on whether it's a a basketball game, a football game, a one-act play. Uh, something's going on always in this county or in this area, too. So, um, yeah, never bored. Yeah. There's always something going on. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining me today. Um, and I guess best of luck in the next few months with all the craziness that is work and basketball and, and, and life. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We would like to once again take the time to thank our members, the people that help us drive change at the YCDC. We would like to thank AgriProducts, Cornerstone Bank, Central Valley Ag, Henderson State Bank, York News Times, Black Hills Energy, Collins Aerospace, Southeast Community College, York Medical Clinic, and thank you, our listeners, for continuing to give us your time and support. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. <laughs>